Can you hear me? I can hear you. Nice, dude. Where are you right now? Are you in the, in the Dakota? No, I'm in the uh, L.A. Nice, dude. I am. I am locked down. I was going to say the, I'm going back to. My, you're going back to where? I'm going back to the cabin uh, in Minnesota, the 19th of December, and that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, just just with you or with the fam? Take my little guy with me. Nice. My girl will be out there. Uh, my sister's coming out for New Year's. We're gonna. I'm gonna be there from like the 19th or 20th, all the way through New Year's. So nice, yeah. dude. Get a snowmobiles. Holy shit! Yeah, Minnesota. I've been there a bunch yeah. for stand up. It's still the uh, a place where I feel like I haven't experienced like, you know, like snow. Like I didn't know snowmobiling was even a Minnesota thing. You guys probably have dog sleds, right? <laughs> Like, no dog sleds. No dog sleds. Not that I know. I'm sure there are, but I don't. I, I don't do that. But that's just the way. Just the way. Just the way that you. Like, <laughs> just the way that you scoffed off that suggestion. I'm now going to start a dog sled business, just so that that type of reaction doesn't come my way again. Because that was very disheartening. Have, have, you, have you have you dog sledded before? Never. And this is why I feel like it. Um, you know, I feel like it would be the thing to do. I I think Alaska is probably cornered the market on that. But like, why should they be the only ones? Believe it or not, no, I've done it. I've done it before. Last year, I did it in Mont up in like northern Montreal, Quebec, and it was a lot of fun. But I mean, I don't want to take care of fifteen, you know, huskies. No, as much it, as I love huskies and I love dogs, I'm not going to take care. I don't know how to train them. Yeah, it seems like training a, a dog sled dog is probably next to like porn fluffer is probably one of the most tedious jobs, if not the. <laughs> 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 um what uh has your has your lockdown been uh you know productive this is gonna be a fun interview this is yeah, What's yeah. That? has your lockdown <laughs> been productive first of all thanks for doing this big fan for ages you uh your imdb is uh is filled with you you've had the kind of career and not to get all katie Couric on you but like you've really done something for everybody like there's you're you're in that like the rock uh level of like you've got something for everybody you got the rom-coms you got the fun like dramedy network shows like you know now this movie uh that you wrote and directed right yeah um yeah it, it, it's been it's been an interesting career you know it's it's I do like to mix it up as much as I can. You know, I, I, I guess from the beginning, you try, they try to put you in a box and you spend half your career just trying to fight your way out of that box and prove, no, I'm not that I'm this, I can do this too. And so that's, that's, that's been a lot of what I've done, but I love doing different things. This was so fun about being able to do movies for, I mean, I'm, I mean, I get to make movies, man. I'm just so lucky to be able to yeah. do that. And if I get a chance to make a movie about, 
you know, a kid whose dog speaks to him, or if I get to make a movie about a guy, I just finished a movie in Mexico about, or I'm about done with it. I have three more days here in LA about a guy who gets in this car accident, wakes up in this hospital, doesn't remember anything and realizes this Mexican mafia is trying to get information from him because he stole a bunch of money. And it's this battle to get out of this, this, you know, so it's like, I get to play make-believe and I get to do all kinds of different stuff. And it's, 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 a lot, it's very fun. Did you know that when you took second place to Ashton Kutcher in a, I think it was like a, like who's got the best balls or something. What was the contest? First, it was like, it was, a, it was, a, no, no. First of all, Adam, Adam Kutcher took second to me. <laughs> Adam Kutcher. <laughs> Is that what you just called him? I feel like that was I some said, sort of, first of all, Adam, did I say Adam? I might have, I might have. That, no, that's my uh, name. I thought you just said. I wait, I had a did, vodka before I got on this thing. So if you, if I if I slur my words, that's, that's, that's <laughs> wait. I thought you said. I think you said first of all, Adam, comma Kutcher. Right. But the way it came together, I thought you were calling me Adam Kutcher, which then also sounded like some weird, you know. You know but, but the slam. truth is, back then he was Chris Kutcher. Back then it was Chris Kutcher, and, I, and then he changed it to Ashton. Uh, but no, I actually Ooh, won fake. that thing. It was the most ridiculous thing I've ever done. It's you like, did win it. I he took second it. to you. It, I, I won the thing, man. But the problem is, is I took second after that because he went on and did all kinds of stuff. He went on and did like a whatever thing, that '70s show, and everything else. So I struggled for several years. I was like, I, but I won the IMTA. I would. You know, I thought it was a big deal, but it really wasn't. But you know, it was. It was a funny sort of uh, change of of positions after after that actual Zoolander like experience. Was it really? I was just going to ask the straight up. Yeah, it was crazy. (laughs) We walked around. I mean, there's video online with this. It's and it's and it's I'm not proud of it. I had some (laughs) low cut. I was talked into putting some low cut like Gucci thing on that was like down to my belly button, super tight with matching navy blue pants, super tight. And they're like, oh, my God, you're going to be the bell of the ball. I was like, "Okay." I'm straight out of North Dakota. I was like, all right, I'll put it. And I look at it now. I was like, what the fuck was I thinking? (laughs) Well, dude, also, I mean, it's also the whole modeling world to me is so bonkers. Like the closest thing I used to just, when I was fresh out of college, was still playing Wolverine at Universal Studios, fucking scraping by, had just quit a restaurant job that I was only at for two days because the head chef gave me a panic attack because I wasn't cutting the butter squares like in the right shape. So oh, yeah. I was like anything just truly in that I need to do anything to make money. Uh, and I did something for a few months called fit modeling where basically it was like from my size, like downtown, I go downtown and put on jeans for these guys. And they be like, turn around, turn around. And I was like the certain size for whatever. And they just want to see how their product looked on you. And I think it was, I was with a company called rage models, which definitely sounds like they're trying to like, like they've definitely molested get like this agency is, I don't know if they're still around, but like, it was just. I remember I went, their office was like way deep in the valley and it was always tucked away behind like a cheesecake factory and like a, a, a Best Buy that had been shut down for months. And, uh, and they was, it was like 75 bucks for five hours to wear jeans yeah. for like, you know, rich Italian guys. So you had a similar Listen, experience. I, I did. I did exactly that. That's wow. why I cannot believe that, you know, it. I was, so I, when I, after I win this thing, I think I'm going to go on and be a big, big deal. And I wasn't, it took five years to get anything after that. Oh, wow. I went to Milan, which is like, you know, this is where they do all the fashion stuff. I went there thinking I was going to do all this modeling stuff. I just, I was a terrible, terrible model. I couldn't, I was bad at it. 
How are you never bad? Made- How can you be bad? Like your look I was bad. I just was not. I was never comfortable, like in front of a, a, a camera taking photos. I just couldn't. I just never felt comfortable. So as a side job, while I was in Milan, not making any money doing what I went there to do, I took a job as a fit model for Prada. <laughs> in the Holy in shit. It, well, yeah, it sounds like a big deal, but it was not. It was the most <laughs> you know humiliating job you ever had because you sit yeah. back in this room all day waiting for buyers to come in. There's like, okay, so so and so is coming in from whatever store come out and so you got to put the clothes on you walk out there you just feel like a like a like a trained chimp yeah and that's really what i felt like and i was like wow this is what i've become i was going to go to dental <laughs> school and here you know now rodrigo's yeah. telling me that my thighs don't look good in some uh in some calvin Klein's. <laughs> yeah this is not how i pictured my hollywood dream to pan out <laughs> there's nobody there but there's somebody there and I see you. Hey guys, comedian Adam Ray here. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. I hope you're enjoying the episode and I hope you're doing okay. It's a crazy, crazy time right now. And if you're a little uneasy, I get that. And I've also got the answer, Koi CBD. Say it with me, Koi CBD. Feels good. And it does feel good because I use all their products. I've been fucking with the fellas at Koi CBD since my circumcision. And I'll tell you this much, they're the best in the game, okay? Gummies, bath bombs, tinctures, joints, creams, oils. They got stuff for pets. Koi CBD has been giving the people what they need to feel better, to mellow out, to go to sleep right, to take away the aches and pains with the creams and oils. The bath bombs make bathing just the best thing ever. You get a little a little radiation high from the from the bombs. I don't know what's in it, but fucking goodness and and just all sorts of it's amazing. Okay? It feels like drugs. And it's not because it's CBD. So if you want to get these amazing products, and I know you do because I got the Adam Ray stamp of approval, go to KoiCBD.com and put in the code ALN15 to get 15% off your first order. KoiCBD.com, the promo code ALN15 to get 15% off your first order. Do it today and start living and feeling the right way. And now back to the episode. Uh, wait, so so is there now, If have you had... Even with that amount of modeling experience, and we will shift gears, I promise, but do you have the same way that, like, you know, as a stand-up, I get young comics that'll hit me up asking how do I get, you know, they're three months in and they're just impatient and they want to know how to, what hoops they can jump through quicker to get on the fast track. Did you have that coming up? Like, once you got, once you kind of transitioned and and really started to uh, find success in acting, did you, having the amount of modeling experience under your belt, did you have people being like, like, I don't know, a parent being like, you know, my my son is getting into fit modeling. Do you have any tidbits for him? Like, did you have any of that? Well, I mean, yes. And I still you still get that. I mean, I still get a lot of people who who are who, who want to get into the business. And, you know, they, they, they wanted to do it since they were kids. And and I'm I've never discouraged it. But at the same time, I'm like, there's no there's no fast track. You know, there's a million different ways to get there, but you got to hit the streets, man. As you know, you got to hit the streets and you got to grind it. And that's what I, because I mostly had no other, I had no other choice after I was going to be a dentist. I got my degree in biology. I was going to go on and, and I told my mom, I was going to go to California to try to go to USC or UCSF or one of these good dental schools. And the whole time I knew that I wanted to try to do this, but I didn't really know how. And you know, you just got to like, I would, I, I mean, I did, I could go on and on about the embarrassing moments of just trying to make it in this town and all the rejection. I mean, it's just rejection. And it's just, you got to have a very thick skin. You got to be able 
or they'll like do the work. And I just tell people, you just gotta, you gotta get in class. You gotta get up in front of a group of people and not be afraid. And I think as a guy who does stand up, you understand that. I don't know how you do that. I could never get up. And I've done some stuff where, I, you know, I felt like I was fearless, but I could never do stand up. I'd just be terrified of that. Wow. Yeah, that, that was something that you never, because even because to me, which is weird, like standing, like doing modeling or walking a catwalk or just having that many people taking pictures <laughs> is, I don't know, did you walk uh, walk a catwalk? I feel like you have to at some point, right? Uh, yeah, I did. I think I did one or two shows there, but it was just, it was just, I was stiff. I didn't, I mean, you got to understand, I grew up, I grew up in the suburbs of Minot, North Dakota, and there's no modeling you know, industry there. There's no, there's no training for anything like that. So, uh, it was, it was just, it was uncomfortable in the beginning, but I knew that, and that was not my means to getting to where I am now. It was right. just a means to try to do something to make some, I thought it was, I, you know, you don't know, you don't know until you know, until you, until you go through it. Did and you have anybody doing it for a couple of months? This is not what I want. Did you have anybody in North Dakota? Cause if you're a hot guy in North Dakota, I'm a, going to venture to assume you stand out a little bit yeah i don't know what the fellows look like in dakota are we getting lots of uh lots of josh uh doppelgangers or is it like how many other jds are walking around with the same type of swagger and jawline that you've got right now in north dakota <laughs> yeah I, I i'm sure there's plenty i, mean, plenty, I, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't looked i haven't i haven't, I haven't done <laughs> i haven't done any recon on that <laughs> Yeah, but I yeah. Will. Uh, is do are there um okay so you so you you start getting into the modeling thing did you have like i don't know any family members tied to the business or any one you knew that even got you um how'd you get the bug for even hollywood was it like watching a show did you see some movie and you're like i just think you know what it was that's a really good question i was uh i'd moved to Northern California first. I was living in this town called uh, Rohnert Park, which mm. is between Petaluma and Santa Rosa. I don't know if you've ever been up yeah. that far. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was working in a gap. I was, nice. I was, they, they wouldn't let me out front in the front of the house to sell clothes because I didn't dress well enough. So I was like, <laughs> they put me in the back and I would, un, I would unpack the boxes that came, the crates that came in and I would yeah. fold them up and I'd put them there so that when the, they run out of size, you know, 32, 37s, they would, they would come back and I would have them all ready for them. Um, An important job. And I remember we were, it was right around the time. Uh, and I can't even believe I'm admitting this, but it's the truth. And I love this dude. I've never met him, but I, but I love him. It was right around the time uh, Legends of the Fall came out. I was like, Brad Pitt is the coolest motherfucker I've ever seen. Yeah, and that was when I was like, I want to be like that guy. And that's when I kind of got the bug. I mean, I had it going out there to begin with. That's why I was in California in the first place. But that's when I was like, you know what? I'm going to go for it. And, you know, all this other stuff happened after that. And like, it's cut to seven years later. And I'm getting my first audition for something, which went terribly. But, you know, I think that was what really sort of, you know, I just always like that dude's style. I like the way he operates. I think he, he seems like a good dude. I yeah. like his work. Um, you know, and that's that's kind of what. And and uh, and also, you know, guys like Bill Murray and guys like Jack Lemmon and guys like Jack Nicholson. You know, wow. Not to say that I'm anything near that, but those are the guys that I really. After I really started training and looking at it and and, and working on it, that's what I tried to emulate. You know, and the, the fearlessness that those guys have. That's awesome. Well, those are all great guys to try to, you know, emulate and and aspire to be like. Yeah. Uh, it'd be 
So did you have any, um, you said that first audition seven years later after what just went terribly? What was it for? Do you remember? Oh, so, okay. So I'm now living in Los Angeles. I had a girlfriend in San Francisco. We broke up that day. I packed my Ford Taurus up and drove to uh, LA. I had some buddies who were living there. One of my buddies who actually I play in this movie, believe it or not, Bob Schwartz. Um, he, uh, he was living Jew? in Cal Huh? Jew? Jewish? No, he's not Jewish. For real? No. See, Adam Ray, I'm a Jew. Ray is not a Jewish last name. And I'm, that was a joke. Bob Schwartz is not a Jew. Do you know there were four different, there were four different Bob Schwartzes at Temple Beth Am in Seattle where I went as a, as a child. Are you serious? Uh oh, you're freezing on me. <laughs> nah, he might be. Be back. I don't. I've never really. Asked. But he. So I. So I, I. I shack up on their couch for like, and I'm broke. Is a joke. I had nothing. I was depressed. I had these migrants out here, man. I don't. You know, I came out here to do something. I just don't. I'm. I'm directionless. I don't know where I'm at. I don't know what I'm gonna do. And one of the guys that was living. There's like five of us living in a two bedroom apartment right off of Franklin and Gower, and. uh Jim Vitlatchel, this kid who was working for, he was working in the mailroom at an agency, Don Buckwald and Associates at the time. That's my first one, yeah. Uh, calls me up, knows that I'm like broke. Yeah, calls me up and says, "Hey, uh, so the guy, my, my the, that the guy that I work with in this in this mailroom is sick today. Do you want to come in? I'll pay you cash." I was like, "Yeah." So I go in, and uh, I start distributing photos for whatever show is, you know casting for whatever part and one of the agents asked me if i was an actor and i said yeah and i had never taken a class i didn't have any experience i didn't even know and so they started he's like well we're gonna i'd like to start sending you out and i was like okay and he goes but we're not going to represent you we're just going to what we call hip pocket you they hip pocketed me and they started sending me out to see what happened so i had several auditions and i'll never forget it was this audition was on a saturday and it was for Ryan something year one. It was like back in nine, uh, it would have been like 97 or eight. Mm. And so I it was, it was it, and they hadn't gone well to that point, but this one went exceptionally bad. It was supposed to be bench pressing something and doing the scene. I just had no idea how prep for a scene. I didn't know anything. I hadn't had no training. I, I had no business even going to an audition. And so I go back to the house that day. Don't say anything. Jim goes back to work Monday, comes back after work on Monday and says, so how'd that audition go on Saturday? And I go, pretty good. He's like, apparently not. Uh, <laughs> uh, if, 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 if you don't do well in this one you have coming up, they're probably not going to send you out anymore. I was like, Oh no. And I knew at this point I wanted to do it, but I hadn't really, I hadn't really uh, given it the respect that it deserved right. or the work. Cause I didn't right. know. And so at that point I went in and I actually got a call back on that next one. And then I started making a little bit of headway and I really started working at it and studying and, and, and it's been something I've done ever since, you know, I, I don't take this business or this job for granted ever. I take every single job very seriously. And, and that was kind of the tipping point for me is, is, is I, I felt like I couldn't, I wanted to hide under the couch and he goes, apparently not they're not going to send you out anymore. And it was, it was that moment that sort of clicked and I wow. started having more, you know, it was, it was still baby steps for a long time, but that's when I really started making some headway. 
That's awesome. It, it's interesting how you kind of do, unfortunately, need, you know, a rock bottom, if you will. And I don't know if that's truly a rock bottom moment, but something where somebody an outs somebody that you are looking up to in some fashion of what you're trying to achieve that is just being so blunt with you. And then it's, you know, you mm -hmm. thank goodness you had him to 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 be like fucking Oh, you thought it was great? Yeah. Were you doing it in, uh, in the shower to nobody? Because there were people at the thing that you just did, and they, uh, you know, whatever it is, you need that outside voice to kind of, like, actually go, oh, wow. Because, you know, parents, friends, they're going to be supportive up to a point, right? Like, I'm sure they're like, just fucking, you can't do no wrong. And you're like, I'm, man, I think I you know, ate shit on that. And they're like, nah, it's yeah. probably just in your head, but you need that person that's going to break it down. Uh, well, th and you know, not everyone, yeah, for sure, not everyone for takes sure. that and spins it into fuel to the fire. So um, that's a good learning lesson for anyone trying to uh, yeah. go out. Yeah, and that's just, that's one of many examples, by the way. I mean, it, this business, I mean, you, could, you might be able to relate to this, but for me, even now it's, it's, it's mostly rejection. You have to have a thick skin. You got to develop it or you're just, you'll, you'll fall by the wayside. And you, and also I believe you don't, you can't have a plan B. You can't have a net because if you have that net or you have a plan B, you're probably going to take that at some point for me, even now, like I have to keep pushing. I have to keep hustling or I don't know what else I'm going to do because I have to, you know, I've, I, it, it, it's just the, or work or, or however you want to define it yeah it's uh you can't have a net unless you have a net bending uh in your back pocket and she wants to produce uh everything that you want to make with warren Beatty. um <laughs> and your plan b is that maybe that was pretty clever adam and, hey you know dude i had that actually you can't, have a, a, you can't have a net but you can have a net bending <laughs> Well, she look, I actually work for AnnetteBenning.com, and she's trying to push these T-shirts hard during the pandemic that basically say oh, just good, that. Good. You can't have Annette dot, what? dot, dot, unless it's Benning. And it's like, I don't know. I don't get it, but I fucking know her kids, so I'm trying to help them. No, that's not true at all. Um, but do you think <laughs> do you think that there's something to be said about uh, coming from North Dakota, not having, being a fish out of water, and not having any true – like going in blind, like ignorance is bliss in trying to get going in this. Like, you, uh, I mean, I don't know if the genie in the bottle music video, that was one of your first gigs. Yeah. 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 That was one of my first gigs. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that was like a cast off a audition or if they saw you at a Starbucks and was like, that guy beat fucking Adam Kutcher. Like, let's fucking like put him in. He's probably could carry his own in a music video. Cause by the way, people need to, understand that music video like some of the stories that are told in some of these and and the acting that is still required isn't just like stand there and look hot which is you know can be a part of it but it's like you still have to uh show up and and add to the to the whole uh to the whole video you know if you're if you're yeah. you see these people that are in them if it's bad it does take away and and can maybe even affect yeah. the song but how did that happen right how the uh, how the how the uh, genie in a bottle thing happened? Yeah. So, I was there to audition for. They said Christina Aguilera. This is when she was first coming up. I think this was her first hit, actually. Fuck yeah. Uh, this girl Christina Aguilera. I think I'd heard of her at the time. 
Uh, I'll never, I, I remember the audition like, like it was yesterday still. I went in, she came in. I was like, whoa, that's her. Um, they just want, I guess they wanted to see what kind of chemistry we had. So I, you know, I tried to talk her up a little bit. She was just sort of aloof and, and it's like, this isn't going well, but it went well enough to become the guy's friend. So I, I didn't get the guy, but I got the guy's friend. Right. So I was, wasn't the lead, but I was the guy's friend in it. And I was, I'm, if you watch the video, I'm literally, it's like that and I'm gone. I'm jumping over some kind of a fence or something, but I remember the set i remember being oh my god there's craft service here what's all this free food there, you know i remember ron fair who, who became a friend afterwards he was like the big music producer he had this hat on and he was the guy and he became a friend of mine because he was a friend of my my ex Ferg. um and so it was you know there's it, you're in this business long enough it becomes a pretty small circle right but that particular job oh and by the way the guy that did get the job that I, that I was there for found out was fucking my old girlfriend while we were dating. So what? there you go. <laughs> Dude, it really is a small, uh, circle. Yeah. yeah. That's, I was like, wait, wait, is this the guy that beat me in the Christina Aguilera? Bit? That's the guy that, you know, there's so, so yeah, I don't know if that's something we can delete from this, this audition, but that was, that's another true story. So oh this is maybe why God. I remember this so well is because it was, fairly traumatic in retrospect uh yeah dude sorry for bringing that up do you want to talk about uh, <laughs> well let's shift gears let's just let's hey let's talk about when the vaccine's coming let's shift gears um is uh do you think uh movies obviously okay so music video uh i don't know how much do you have side jobs before you're really getting going? Like the modeling thing, obviously. And then like, did you have to, like I said, I was working at Universal Studios and then a restaurant for a little bit. Did you deliver groceries? Did you like, you know, uh, sell knives door to door? Like, did you ha ever have to do anything like that? Or was it like, you know, a couple things got going, you found odd jobs in the business and then, you know. No, I was, I, I've worked so many, you know, you know, t terrible jobs coming through. I mean, I was, I was, before I moved to LA, I was working in an Ace Hardware yes. uh, distribution plant. It was like an overnight job from 6 p.m. to, or 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. Like taking, like breaking down boxes and putting them into these containers so that the shoppers could fill the orders for whatever hardware store in the region. Oh my God. That was maybe the worst. I worked construction. I worked for this company that would go in. There was a mandate back in the late nineties for California, any gas station that had a tank that was in the ground for more than like 30 years or something, they all had to be pulled out and they had to replace them with these double lined tanks that they weren't leaking fuel into the ground. So I had to go in and be the guy that would take these old tanks out and dig out all the, 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 the soil that was soaked with ga old gasoline it was probably the most unhealthy job i ever had <laughs> that was something i did in north i worked in northern california up in napa for for years just construction that's where i learned how to operate you know backhoes and excavators and stuff like that uh you know back room at the gap like i told you restaurants yeah. just you know i did what i had to do to to just make some money dude so you're a true man's man i mean you said construction and I think you said backhoes. I don't know what the fuck that is, but that sounded you know like something. You know what a backhoe something. is? It's a backhoe. Is it like a... 
A backhoe, a backhoe is like a you know the, the the tractors that they got the big wheels in the back, they got littles in the front, and they got the big front end loader, and on the back side they've got the the scooper. Oh you yeah, see? oh yeah, yeah yeah. So that's, called, that's called a backhoe. You're, nice. you're, you're, thinking, you're thinking it's one of those groupies that was backstage at one of your shows. <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 yeah. We we call those super fans. Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, uh, that's so funny. Did uh did you ever have a moment in the grind where you were just like. You know, I think everyone has talked about at some point, Lisa Kudrow famously, right, was getting ready to quit and then got, you know, uh, I think it was after she got fired from Frasier and then, you know, Friends comes along. Like, did you have a moment where it was like, man, if I get a callback for one more Pizza Hut commercial and I don't get it, I'm fucking out of here. Like, did you have any sort of, like, ultimatum with yourself or did you, I have you always been self-assured and been like, dude, just take a look into those sweet JD eyes. No. Get no. some confidence and see what the world is going to see. Did you talk to yourself? Um, how do I answer that? So the, yes, I mean, there's, there were plenty, there were a lot of like moments when I was like, what am I doing? Do you yeah. have what it takes? Can you, for me, the hardest part about, and I still hate it when I got to go audition for something, it's the hardest part of getting any job is actually getting the job. Yeah. Doing it is, is, is the fun part because you're there on set. You get to, you get to immerse yourself in whatever environment you're going to be shooting it in. You get to work with the other actors and it's, that's the fun part. It's the getting the job. And I remember the auditioning was just so, I could never, if I, I knew that if I could get past like that, that, that racing heart beat, or the sweats or not being able to catch. Like I had real like panic attacks in a lot of these early auditions because I just couldn't get myself calm enough to give the performance that I needed to give. And but that was part of the, that was part of why I had so much you know, empathy for these people uh, who were coming into audition for my movies. I, I was in their spot. So I knew, and I was now the guy who was like casting, but I remember there was one moment, my very first job that I got as an actor was for this movie. Please don't watch it because it's terrible. I'm terrible. The movie's not terrible. I'm terrible in it. Uh, it was a student film based on an Oscar Wilde, the picture of Dorian Gray, but it was sort of a contemporary version of it. And I, there was a moment when I had to lose it. I had to like fucking lose my mind in a scene. And I did. And it was the first time I'd ever done it in an audition. I was like, and I could see the look in their eyes, like, he's the guy. And I knew right there that I got the job. And I was like, I just broke through some, some fear that I've been having through this stuff because I had this thing like, they're all going to think I'm a joke back home. I'm, what am I doing in this audition? I'm a fraud. I'm a fake. What am I doing? I'm not an actor. What am I trying? But I've been working at it long enough to now know that, that I needed to go really prep for these auditions and do right. my homework and all the things you got to do. And I finally was able to relax enough to just let it go. And that was the moment I got my first job. And after that, I got all my children because I got that job. And after I got all my children, I got, I was, I was literally in, and, and, and after that one moment, I knew that I had to, whatever job I had, I had to be fearless and not be afraid of what I looked like or what people thought of me. And I went on to do all my children and I brought that same idea with me. I ended up getting nominated for an Emmy my first year on this, on all my children. Yeah. I won the Emmy my second year. And then I got nominated 30 and I was like, 
people have no I'm like I still felt like a total I still feel like a fraud sometimes but like it's that whole time I felt like what like something happened where and then I started to feel like maybe I can do actually do this but it was that one moment that I just like didn't care anymore maybe it was the maybe it was the moment I, I was ready to give up and I was like fuck it whatever happens happens and I brought that with me to all my children and they're like whoa this guy's a little nuts but we like it <laughs> And that was kind of the beginning. It was all my children, then Las Vegas. Then I got a couple movies. I got like uh, Ted Hamilton and Transformers. And then it sort of started to work. But having said all that, it's still every, you know, this job, this, this business, you can, it can go as fast as it comes. And, and that's why I don't take any of it for granted. Every job is, is, you know, my last job. Is being on a soap. First of all, that was beautiful. Is being on a soap uh, as, it looks fun. I've had two buddies on soaps. They seem like it was, they always spoke highly about it. Some of the storylines, you know, one of them was on passions and he's like, yeah, today I think I'm, you know, reviving. I'm like a doctor who's reviving like a hermaphrodite witch and, and then reuniting her with like her estranged son. Who's actually your grandpa. I'm obviously fucking paraphrasing that storyline. I don't think that was no, ever. That, that happened on Young and the Restless in 87. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They were ahead of their time with their <laughs> with their uh, storylines. But is there, uh, you know, I auditioned, I think, for two soaps. And the guy thought I was, I'm from Seattle. The guy thought I was from New York. And uh, I was in his office. It wasn't a casting couch situation, but he was definitely, definitely giving off some interesting vibes. And I was like, maybe the second thing I'd been in on Uh after my uh you know fit modeling career fucking took a dive <laughs> and so i'm in this office and the guy's like so what party in new york are you from and i was like you know but you know the brooklyn side you know i just lied and went along with it <laughs> and he's like what part of brooklyn and i was he's like my i was like uh, and i knew one area called borum hill because um i had lived there for like three months with a girl uh in the summer before i moved back to la and so i was like borum hill on the uh Next to the, the the deli shop, and he's like the deli shop, and I was like the one with the, um, you know, everybody goes there. And then he got, sandwiches. Yeah, they got the sandwiches, and people go in and they ask for sandwiches, and they have them because it's a deli. And then he named some place, and I was like, yeah. And I didn't get it, but but I, uh, but but it seemed seeing like all, I don't know, man, like the the sets and just being on the 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 sound stages for it, like oh. it seemed like a sweet. Like, I don't know, was it, isn't it like a, the hours are good too, right? Like, well, it's, it's, it's a different world. The whole soap world is a completely different world. First of all, it's the best possible thing that could happen to me because I needed that training and it was like, it was like boot camp. The amount of words you got to learn every day, you know, you understand where your light is, you understand media on a small, smaller scale. Everything is a little bit smaller scale, but the, 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 the workload is intense. Yeah. And I was willing to do the work. I was willing because I was all about just trying to prove myself. I just wanted to keep the job. Yep. And I would sit there every night working, 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 working. And I actually, my first audition was, remember Passions? Yes. Yeah, that's the one Passions. I mentioned that my buddy was on. Yeah. Yeah. I was, so I was on, so I went in an audition for Passions. Sorry, I'm moving around here. Good but. Day. I went, I'll never forget, I had a screen test and it was a big deal because I was close to getting my first acting job and I had to go like walk front of stage to like pour myself this 
glass of whiskey because I was part of the scene. I had to do it with this girl and she was behind me and I was so nervous that I would go and I, I was trying to pour this glass of whiskey and my hands were shaking. And I was like, Oh God, I'm not going to get this because look at me. I'm just fucking shaking. My head pour a glass of whiskey. <laughs> I just, again, I wasn't ready. I was, I hadn't busted through. All right. Um, but then I got, you know, the, all my children, but the, the thing about the soaps too, is that it's, I knew my mom watched Young and the Restless my whole life. I mean, since I as early back as I can remember, I remember being on my gra grandparents' farm in North Dakota, out near Esmond, North Dakota, and Young and the Restless was on. And my mom still watches that to this day. And so through the years, I watched these guys do this. And I knew like the sort of way they did it. That's part of why I went in and going, okay, I know what I'm what they're expecting from me. I need it. If I'm going to try to do this and do it well and make like make a name for my, I got to do something different. So I would try stuff there that was so against what was, was conventional. Like what, like a Jamaican accent or like, how would you step out? <laughs> and like, how are you? No, well, I mean, uh, Jesus, I could just go on and on. But I mean, there was like, I would come in, I would improvise. You just don't improvise on those shows because you, there are yeah. six pages a day. I would try stuff. I, I'd like, start laughing in a scene when, when, when I wasn't supposed to, it was just like, I just try stuff. And again, it was mostly out of fear of, 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 I was like, I'm going to either sink or I'm going to swim Yeah, and I'm going to try things and I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to stand out. However I'm going to do that, I'm going to do it. And, and that's really what my thing was. You know, I remember, I remember I had to be drunk in the scene, walking into, walking onto the set and, I hadn't had all the training I needed. I was still learning this thing. So I just started spinning around and around and around and around outside, like behind this, the door before I walked in on the set. And I walked in there like just hammered. It felt like I was hammered. Whoa. And I remember the director going, why don't you just act like you're drunk? And <laughs> I, I didn't know how to act like I was drunk. I yeah, actually worked myself into a place where I really felt drunk. And I still do that kind of stuff because I have to, I have to, I have to like, like really truly like feel it all through my body or else I just feel like I'm just faking it. Dude, that's amazing. Those types of little tricks, man, are so cool to hear from actors <laughs> like yourself because it's like people don't, again, it's like people just assume that you should, if you are a, 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 a great actor like yourself, that you should just, yeah, you can just turn that on and just be and feel drunk. And it's like, like you said, man, it, to, to, you know, absorb the full authenticity of that. Like, it's obviously going to be better if you can get yourself to a point to where you're, you know, feeling it yeah. as much as you can without actually, yeah. unless I mean, you're some people method. can just turn it on like that. I've never been that guy. I have to, and that's why I really, um, it's a, it's a physical sort of, especially if it's a physical movie or if I'm in a, like an altered state or something, I got to work myself into, into that state. Who taught like you the spinning move? Was that a Susan Lucci uh, tip or who, who? No, I just made it up on the. I made everything up on the fly, man. I was just trying to not fuck up. Is she? Was and she all my children? She was all my children. Yeah. Wow, dude. Was that? I mean, let's be, let's be she honest. She didn't like me very. She didn't like me very well at first because I was not, you know, by the book. Yeah, I think it would just it would. I, I pissed her off a lot. Well, dude, let's be honest. She she was kind of like. You know, um, let's say, I don't know, Jerry West, Rick Barry, and you're coming in, Michael Jordan, Dr. J, well, you know, John yeah. Stockton, you're doing some like new things at the, that the league hasn't seen. 
You're improvising. Maybe. You're spinning backstage. Maybe. I mean, that might have been it. But and I'm not saying she was she wasn't mean. She was always the she was like the consummate professional. But but I I, I could tell that I really annoyed her because yeah. I was I was just I would. Did you see uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Love it. When DiCaprio was doing that shit, like to, like for the scene, he kept forgetting his line. He or he was he was working on it the night before. He was practicing. That's kind. Of, I was like, damn. I know he was making fun of actors to do that, but I was like, dude, that's me. <laughs> no way. That's I, awesome. And I would get so mad because I was so competitive growing up, and I had this temper when I was younger. I've been working on it. It's not n- nothing like it was. And I would get, and I wouldn't get mad at anybody, but I would just beat myself up so hard that if I forgot my lines, I would start getting in my head. I forget it again. I forget it again, and it would just became this uncomfortable thing on set. And it has happened a few times in my career. And and I went in that scene in particular. I was like, wow, that is, that was me several times to a T. That's amazing. <laughs> Yo, kind of dope too that you said you wanted to follow in Brad Pitt's, you know, footsteps. And wasn't he also like a a soap? Uh... Soap guy? I think he was for a minute. All right. I, th- I don't think I was on there for three years. I think he did like little guest spots here and there, and then he just blew up. But it would have been uh, great if he came into the gap at one point into the back and he was like, Hey, do you got a third size 37, 35? And you're like, Mr. Pitt. And he's like, <laughs> That's right. And he's like, And just kidding about that size. You know, I'm a 22, 24. And you're like, Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> and, and, and by the way, I'm just kidding about the gap. I wouldn't buy shit at the gap. <laughs> yeah, I could just feel in this mall somewhere that somebody was fantasizing about following in my footsteps. So I thought I'd come by to check in <laughs> and see how the dream was going. Uh did um did your uh your experience okay, obviously you said it's fascinating to me, man, the the soap world. Because I also know from buddies that have done it that you can get stuck in it, right? And to actually break out and have a career like you've had after isn't guaranteed, right? No, no. And I knew that. And I also, this is, this is part of what I knew watching, you know, for, you know, so Young and the Restless for all those years. My mom always had it on. So I know like, God, this guy's been on this show forever. And by the way, it's not a bad gig. It's a pretty great gig. But I knew that I wanted to go off. I, I knew that if I stayed longer than three years, I was going to be there forever because they did offer me a nice contract to stay. And I was like, and this is coming from a kid who had nothing. I grew up without a lot of money. Oh, really? and, and so this is the first I'm living in New York City. I'm making money for the first time, uh, you know, and it was nothing like, better than making money and probably good money and living in New York. And you're young. Right. I mean, that's kind of the only time you want to maybe be living there. I saw a lot of sunrises, just put it that way. And it wasn't because I was up awesome. early training. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable, man. <laughs> but yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was one of those things where I knew that I needed to, I wanted, I loved it. I, I lo- it was a great learning experience, but I had to, I had to go after those first three years. Otherwise I would have been there, which again, wouldn't have been a bad thing, but it wasn't what I wanted. Uh, did you, uh, did, did you feel like, I don't know, extra pressure then coming out to L.A.? Because then you, what, then moved from New York to L.A., yeah? To, uh, yep. to really go gun ho I actually got the job in L.A. and had to move to New York for those three years. Gotcha. And then moved back, uh, you know, beat the streets again for another year, year and a half. And then I got Las Vegas. Um, 
And then... Uh, and you guys shot that in Vegas, right? No, no, we shot that in LA. Oh, really? Uh-huh. We just really? built a giant set over on the sound stages in uh, at, at uh, Culver Studios. Uh, that show ruled. Uh, Khan, to me, is like one of those guys that people sleep on. And I can't only imagine the stories, the wisdom, the oh, yeah. fucking what it's even like to look across from that guy in a scene. I mean, yeah. do you have any just JC, JD fucking tales from the strip? Oh, God, I've got so many. He was he was truly. He'll go down as the, the guy that taught me more than anybody about not only acting, but about, you know, the business and by the way not just what to do but what not to do and he would be the first one to say he's like don't fucking follow in my footsteps but here come here and every time we do a scene and 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 he didn't think i was doing it right he'd be like and i always knew it he's like josh come here for a second i'm like oh shit here we go <laughs> so he'd take me aside and be like you need to let loose you need to like do this or that and i was like okay 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 but i took it because this is this is sunny corleone this is come on this is uh this guy's done everything in this business and i still i still keep in touch with that guy and i love him he's a he's he's one of those guys that just he lives he lives he's a purist you know he 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 acts before he thinks he doesn't he does nothing you know you don't have to worry about him like mincing words about anything and and i love that about that i like that about anybody who's who's got the balls to live their life that way um but yeah, there's some, there's some, there's some gems, man. I remember my first date with, with, I was going to my first date with Fergie back in 2004. Yeah. I was like, Jimmy, I'm going on a date with this girl. I like her. You know, what do I, what do I do? He's like, come here. First of all, he goes, take her to this restaurant. But before you do that, you got to jerk off first before you go to the restaurant. <laughs> You're like, it's to, only an olive garden. You're like, to, no, no, no. He tells me to spank it before I go on the date because that'll relax me. <laughs> so I won't be all horned up at the day. <laughs> Dude, that is fucking phenomenal advice. By the way, you're probably like thinking he's maybe going to give you some like really big you know no. like dude here's the thing like take like pick her up make sure you got like find out what type of music she's into maybe have that song playing in the car when you pick her up. He's like, no, dude. Just find a dark corner in your house Turn on, the, turn on the lights so you can really hear yourself and just empty the tank. <laughs> oh my God, dude. That's fucking amazing. Hey guys, Adam Ray here for the About Last Night podcast. Hope you're enjoying this episode. Obviously, it's a very difficult time for everyone right now. We're all uh, challenged in finding a day-to-day routine that, uh, that makes our lives uh, consistent and awesome. And if there's something that's interfering with your happiness right now or preventing you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you. Uh, BetterHelp is a professional counseling service online, private, and it's so convenient. Um, I've used it for a little bit now. It's truly the only way uh, that i found uh, to help get uh, my own issues dealt with on my own time 
uh, at my own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your licensed professional counselor right now. They're specialized in depression, anger, stress, anxiety, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief or relationships, uh, sleeping, which I have a lot of uh, trouble with, trauma, self-esteem. Anything that you share with them is confidential. And guess what? If you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, at any time, you can request a new one for no additional charge. There's 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states available worldwide. And again, there's four ways to communicate with them. Text, chat, phone, and video. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. It's available on any desktop, mobile web, Android, and iOS apps. Schedule a video or phone session, generally weekly, unless your therapist schedules more. Uh, unless you just are really not sleeping and need to get some uh, some some additional chats in, uh, there's broad expertise in the network which may not uh, which may not be locally available in many areas. Financial aid is available for those who qualify. It's secure. It's convenient. It's professional, and above all, it's affordable. All right, it's truly the most affordable option I found. So right now. All ALN listeners are going to get 10% off your first month with a discount code about last night. So why not get started today and start making some changes for the better in your life? You deserve it. So go to betterhelp.com slash about last night. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor that you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash about last night. Betterhelp.com slash about last night and get 10% off your first month with promo code about last night. And now back to the episode. It's cool to have people like that that you work with that do obviously. I mean, you guys did five seasons, six. We did five seasons. I mean, dude, that's you know, even I mean now especially, but I feel like even then, I mean, it's like, man, I feel like, I mean, you tell me you you've been on on more shows, but like, it, three sometimes feels like a win, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, so five is like I feel like you did it. Yeah, we did one hundred and five episodes. I think we did one hundred and five episodes of it. Uh, and we bear, I mean, it was a, it was a struggle to do that because I think there were three heads of programming at NBC during those five years. So every time a new head of programming comes in, they want to put their own stamp on the network. So we became the redheaded stepchild early, but we had good enough numbers where they kind of had to keep us. But you know, the first time we, we slipped at all, that was it. Wow. Would you have done like, do you get to a point with a show like that where you're like, Yo, we might go 15 seasons. We might do Simpson records. We might be, we might be to 35. Like, does there, do you get into a flow of a show like that where you're yeah, like, dude, it's running? It, yeah, I mean, I think five was the sweet spot. Five was yeah. good. After that, you just start to phone it in. I, 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 again, it would have been a great gig to be able to have that because you know, that's that's steady work, and I never discount that. And I never got to the point where I was over it because i again i've always had this mentality in this business where i appreciate every single job i get because i know what it's like to be digging holes of you know in northern california from gas stations that are soaked with gasoline you know these these jobs that i had because i didn't get into this till later so i so i knew what the alternative was right and so against even to this day it's like no i'm lucky to be working uh what what's more difficult uh acting with cars or dental school dental school acting with cars is fun dental school would have been tough that's why that's why i chose acting with cars (laughs) is there a (laughs) is there like a school of training for the acting like 
transform like how when you get that gig first of all you probably fucking just i mean you call up con he's like did you jerk off yet you're like dude it's been years later uh but but uh that those movies are fucking you know blockbuster iconic films in uh in time now and it also the cgi and, and all that i don't know if you've done anything like that before where it's i talked to chris pratt once about just jurassic acting and he was just like kind of downplaying it and making fun of how he's like yeah dude he's like they're like there's a velociraptor you're like oh fuck you know and he's like hey pretend there's a blah 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 and he's like oh man you know obviously i think he was just you know trying to take the piss out of it but it seems easier said than done to truly uh you know make us believe that you're uh you're on the receiving end of that stuff yeah but it's not it's really it's uh with the with the base stuff it's probably it's a lot different when in a jurassic park because you don't have explosions going off all around you in the base stuff with stuff that i did i was all uh, my stuff was always military uh, there's a few scenes that i had to do where you had to talk to you they put a post they put like a one of those long sticks that you sort of Put up and then they put a picture of optimus prime on it and you'd sit there and, and you knew the height that he was and you would just talk to him that part wasn't so hard i mean um you know i would imagine anybody who's worked with me would say that it was very similar to working with a stick with a picture of optimus prime on it. <laughs> i don't give a lot back <laughs> yeah, yeah that's amazing uh did uh that was that was post when in Rome, yeah? When in Rome was, uh, yeah, I think, yeah. Yes. Is there a different mindset for an action blockbuster versus, and obviously I'm assuming the answer is yes, but like rom-coms, I feel like you could have, you could have just, I mean, Hugh granted it up, right? And probably done like two a year and truly just never left that genre. Would you agree? I mean, maybe, but I also knew that that was a that was a recipe for a quick, you know, quick career. Okay, so that was a co that was a cognizant move to be like, I need well, to like stay. Like I said before, they're always trying to put you in a box, and I knew that I was getting put in that box, and I was like, okay, I got to switch this up. Yeah. Um, and I got lucky. You know, I, I've been very fortunate to be able to do things like Transformers. That was a lot of fun. I mean, not not as. It, the truth is doing a rom-com is much more difficult than doing transformers because I, you have to like deliver a, a performance and transformers. It's not that you don't have to deliver a performance, but it's not, it's not the movie doesn't hinge on my, whether or not my chemistry works with, you know, the other guys in my, on my, you know, my ops team. Right. <laughs> you know, right, right, right. you gotta, those are, those are more, those are more difficult to do. And I like doing stuff like that. It's fun, but I like doing all kinds of different stuff. And and like I said, I just did this movie in Mexico. Did I tell you about the movie in Mexico? No. So we just did. So we were quarantined in this hotel in Mexico, Mexico City, and they rented out the entire place. We had the crew, we had the cast, we had the staff. Nobody could leave. We were all like locked in this place for four weeks. They turned the seventh floor into a hospital. So the movie's about this, it's called Blackout. It's about this guy who gets in this car accident at the beginning of the movie. You don't really know what's going on until the movie starts to unfold, but he gets in this car accident right at the beginning, ends up in this hospital bed, 
and doesn't remember anything. He like he, he took a shot to the head and doesn't remember shit and <clears throat> starts to realize that the people that are trying to help him are actually trying to get information out of him because he starts to realize he was he was a DEA agent, but he also was working for the mafia, the Mexican mafia and was doing some pretty dark, dirty, like sideways shit. And doesn't know if he was a, if he's a good guy, if he's a bad, like, well, who am I? Yeah. He basically tries to fight his way out of this, this, this hospital. And that was so much fun to do. I love doing stuff like that too, you know, because it's like, okay, now I'm like, shoot him up hard actiony yeah. fights like long fight scenes like that's a whole different world than any kind of romantic comedy thing but that's fun to be able to switch it up and do that and it's a challenge to be like okay am i any good at this can i do it i've tried it before um and i didn't feel like i was ready but i did feel like i was ready this time because i was i didn't push as hard i kind of let it come to me and i just sort of like let it play out rather than try to force the force the issue yeah there's yeah dude that's getting to obviously like a you know and again you can attest to this more so but like getting into the uh this business and then ha being having an opportunity to flex different muscles and things that uh that you haven't gotten to do before is probably you know makes uh reinvigorates you for just the whole uh, the whole process right because yeah, like, you're it, doing just make, it just reaffirms why i love and why i'm so grateful to get to do this for a living so i like okay to this 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 job i get to be this guy and you just kind of lose yourself in that and i get obsessed with it i put the whole script up on the wall and i'm like okay this beat here and you got to be able to keep track of where you're at because the whole thing happens in one day and so there's all kinds of yeah, everyone's different. Some some movies happen over a lot of time. Some people sometimes they happen in a day, and you got to be able to like remember. Okay, so we're shooting scene 57. Yesterday we shot 97. Um, where was I then, and how do I make sure that I get to that spot? Like yeah, mentally and emotionally. So it's a it's a puzzle, but it's it's part of it's part of the fun. Uh, my buddy, real quick, told me I was just talking to him a little bit ago. He uh, works at uh, Fox and said you did uh, uh, some uh, NFL pregame. I think I don't know if it was a sketch or the th the Thursday night. Um, it was Sunday. It was this last Sunday for the uh, Fox NFL Sunday. Yeah, yeah. You're a big sports fan, yeah. Oh yeah. Who are your teams for uh, for everything? Anything Minnesota. I also I'm also I also like the Lakers and the. And I like the Clippers, and I like the uh, Dodgers, but I'm mostly Minnesota Vikings for sure. It's tough to not uh, jump on a, a somewhat of a bandwagon in LA if you've been there for a minute, especially because like all the teams are pretty much always competitive, right? So it's like, yeah. and you're gonna Even go the Clippers to, now. yeah, dude. <clears throat> I'm still praying that that Balmer moves him back up to Seattle so I can have a team again. But you know, oh really? You think the Clippers will go up there? It was talked about at one point because Balmer was actually trying to help save the Sonics and that didn't happen. He always wanted a team and that's yeah. why he got the Clippers. It worked out. So there's been rumblings. Bill Simmons is always saying that he should take him up there because L.A. he thinks is a, just a Lakers town and that the Clippers, you know, are just, uh, you know, but now they have this new stadium coming. So we'll see. It's not a terrible idea, to be honest. No. And, I, and I hope they go back to the Supersonics. I mean, what that's maybe the greatest name in the history of. Dude, it's the best. I mean, it's like, you know, people ask me, they're like, what's what's worse, your parents splitting up or the Sonics leaving? I'm like, dude, it's like not even close. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
bring back the Sonics. Like, you know, I cried harder when we lost in 94 to Matumbo and the Nuggets than when my dad was like, I'm moving out. I was like, dude, bye-bye. Sean and Gary are right here. Those are the folks that I need. Uh, But, but, um, they should have a hockey team too up there, by the way. We have one. We have one. Well, it's coming. We just got approved. Oh, uh, that's right. It's the the Kraken. The what? The Kraken. The Kraken. Yeah, dude. And the logo sick. It's I mean, about I like that name too. The crack. Right. You call the fan the fans the crackheads. You got to be playing in the crack house. They hit. Oh, that's amazing. The twe- tweaker night, you know, like 20,000 fans get little pipes. I don't know. Like there's, you know, there's so many promotional ideas. So tell me this. Why doesn't Wisconsin have a hockey team and Nashville does or Tampa Bay? Dude, I mean, you're... don't get me wrong. These teams are good, but there's not a real like North Wisconsin. That's a hockey state. Yeah. It'd be easy. Just call them like the Green Bay Puckers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It really writes itself. You're not wrong. I mean, trust me, dude. There's, I mean, and I'm sure as a sports fan too, like. Or the Milwaukee know. Pucks. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's the play right there. I mean. Would you ever be GM of a sports uh, team? Is there a sport that you feel like you know the most about or would, or that, what's the sport when you watch it for your hometown team? I'm going to assume it's Vikings, where you're probably like, dude, guys, leave the room. I might break the TV or throw a child through the window. What, what's the question? If if I did what? If there's – I guess there was three questions in there. First of all, what's the sport that you feel like you could actually step into the front office and make some – guys, I think we should change the name of the – from the – you know, from the Green Bay Packers to the Green Bay Puckers. And they're like, what? <laughs> Josh, nobody said you could be in this meeting. All right, chill, chill, chill. Are we, we're drinking, right? Uh, is there a sport that you feel like you could step into the front office? And then yeah. second part of that, what's the sport that you watch where you're like, I should probably be by myself during this game because, you know, yeah, my so behavior's a little out, out the there. The first part of that is, well, let me ask you the second one first is that, I don't get as wound up anymore as I used to because as a Vikings fan, they've learned to break my heart a different way every single year. Yo, how about so, that game against my Seahawks? When you guys, the Seahawks, the Seahawks missed. break our hearts several. I was I was at the game in Minnesota when Walsh missed the twenty four yarder. No, you weren't. I saw the game this year when they did this. I mean, they do it like once a year. That Russell Wilson man, he is, he is one of those quarterbacks that I absolutely love and despise at the same time because i know that if he's got a chance to win he's probably going to win it yep and there's only a couple guys that do that and that's rogers that's brady that's that's russell wilson um and that's part of the reason why i don't trust our team right now i don't trust cousins i think he's a decent quarterback i think he's a good dude i just don't think i just and i think he's a good solid backup quarterback for somebody yeah I just I'm just having a hard time buying him as like the guy who's going to take us to the championship. Um, and I met answer, the. Uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. And to answer the first part of your question, to segue into that is that if I were going to pick a sport and pick something that I feel like I could do in the front office, it's assess quarterbacks. I have this knack for it. I like I like I know when a guy's going to come out of because I watch him very closely in college, and um, I I just can tell when. Like I'll, I'll see a guy and I'll be like that guy, if he's put in the right situation, could be really good. Um, and I mean, Carson Wentz is one of them. I remember 
he's having a bad year this year, but the guy's a great, he's also one of those guys, by the way, that you, if you got two minutes left, he's probably going to take you back. And I promise you, he's probably going to take them and win the NFC East this year. As bad of a season as he's having. Wow. Um, yeah, I do. Great. I think that because he's, he's that guy that knows, I saw him do it all the way through college. I remember when he was a sophomore in college, I was like, this guy is a pro quarterback at NDSU. It's a great football program, but they don't produce pro quarterbacks. And this guy's like legit. And sure enough, his junior year, then his, his, and then his, it was his senior year. They start talking about, I was like, I knew it. I knew it. They, and then he jumps up and he's like, number three, there's, they got another one this year, by the way, North Dakota state, this uh, Trey Lance who declared for the, for the draft. And he could be another one. He could be another one that could be really great. Dude, I, I love how uh, into uh, these guys at that stage you are. Uh, next year, if things are uh, loosen, uh, have loosened up, you should come down with me. I used to do this uh, sports comedy podcast with Mark Sanchez, and we went down to Jordan Palmer's quarterback camp that he does in the OC with all the young guys. And so it was, you know, Josh Allen was down there, and Sam Darnold, and Joe Burrow, and Tua, and and yeah. uh, and I stepped into. Uh, you know, to take some comedic, you know, I've played sports, but like, hey, man, it's been a minute since I've we run some routes till I've ran some routes and caught fucking darts. And Josh, <laughs> Josh Allen at one point for oh, you know, I'm out there just like I caught a couple diving catches at the sidelines from Burrow and from uh, and from um, uh, Mark. And then Josh Allen steps up. Mark goes, dude, throw it as hard as you fucking can. And so and I got a GoPro on. I'll send you this little clip. And so I'm running to the sideline. And dude, this guy put it. First of all, he's a fucking truck, Josh Allen. Throws it oh, yeah. so hard, hits me right between the letters, below the camera, yeah. and just all I had to do was put my hands around it, knock the wind out of me, knock me to the ground. Then I stood up like a jackass and was just like, I'm ready for the league. But, I mean, this <laughs> dude, and then I go, please tell me you threw that as hard as you could. He's like, pretty much, man. He's like, that was like an NFL speed ball. And I was like, yeah. oh, there's yeah, no way I'm guys, catching that if it's not just knocking me into the sternum, you know? abdominal yeah, bleeding for sure it, yeah uh so it's amazing it's like special arm talent to be able to play in the nfl and if you don't have that kind of arm talent you're not gonna last long uh is this why you put uh swartz in in buddy games your uh directorial and writing debut which by yes. the way looks fucking hilarious the cast is bonkers i'm assuming these are all homies or they just everybody fucking loves you love the script but kevin Dillon, olivia munn Dak Shepard, Swartzen. James uh, Ordain, back it all. Yeah, yeah been, dude, back it all. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it was, by the way, we're number one, number one movie in the country right now. Are you serious? Yeah. Dude, Mazel Tov, dude. 2020 yeah. ain't so bad. Oh, man, it was amazing. So we were watching, because, you know, I knew writing this that the critics were going to come after me because it is hard. It's like a, it's a, it's a no holds barred comedy. I wanted to push the envelope. I wanted this thing to be like my favorite types of movies, which are, you know, something about Mary, which is Dumb and Dumber, which is anything Todd Phillips or Dumb John and Dumber is my favorite movie of all time, like yeah. comedy or and drama. I love exactly. Me too. So it's top five for me, for sure. Maybe top three. Yeah. I love that. I love when, when they have the balls to go ahead and just like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to show this. And the people are going to go, I can't believe they just went there. And we do that a lot in this movie. And I, I knew they're going to come after me. So when it came out yesterday, we started the morning at 23 and I watched it throughout the day, go from 23 to 17 to 14 to 11. I'm like, we're going to number one. We're going to you know, like, let's just go up to the top 10. 
seven, five, three. And then by the end of the night, we're at two. I'm like, oh my God, this is like, because if you, if I could, I don't know, if I could tell you how much work it's taken to get this movie, this, it amazes me that anything gets made, first of all. And then the battles that you have to fight for, for everything just to get it finished and to get it edited and to, to, to buy a little extra time to, you know, not trust that that's the distributor we want to go, we want to go with these guys. And we know we need to go now. This needs to happen in 2020. I don't want to push it out to 2021. It's just like, and, and, and I just, I've learned so much. I trusted that this movie worked because I've seen it play in theaters and people lose their shit. So I knew that it was funny. And I'm, and all of a sudden I'm hearing like these, they're bashing my movie that I've worked like four years on. I knew they were going to do it, but it hurts. And then to see it go to number one, and I was like, and I and before that, I was like, the people will decide. The people who watch this stuff, they want something like this. These are the kind of movies that people want to see, especially right now. It's about a group of guys who gets together every single year. They haven't done it for five years because they one of the guys got injured. And, you know, as an effort to pull one of the guys back up, his mom comes to the leader of the group and says, you need to help my son get the boys back together. And it's kind of perfect for now because we can't be together. We can't even have fucking Thanksgiving together. Yeah. And we want to be naughty. We want to have some fun. We want to let loose. And that's exactly what this movie does. And sure enough, man, it was such great. It was such a great. I was literally in the car this morning. I can't believe I'm going to admit this to you. I was taking my boy to McDonald's because we wanted we wanted McMuffins. Yeah, dude. And I get the text in. <laughs> I love that, Whose one. idea was it? Was it a joint? Probably, probably mine. <laughs> But I'm in the car and we're driving. I get the text. I get a, I get a, just a picture of the list and it says battle games number one. And I just, I literally started like tearing up Yeah, man. because it's four years of battling for this thing and putting everything I have into it. And, you know, all the naysayers, all the people, all the trust that I had in it. It was true. The people decide The people like this movie and it makes me just so happy, you know? Dude, I'm so pumped for you, man. And I'm we're watching it, uh, my fiance and I tonight. So I'm uh I'm I'm fired up to uh, you know, I don't know if your people will will give me an email or a number so I can, you know, not only text you um, you know, pictures and videos of me working out, but but also uh, you know, my <laughs> thoughts my thoughts on the film. Cause dude, you laying out, I mean, I already know I'm gonna love it just based on what I've seen. And you even just saying the movies, the comedies that influence you, and just even chatting with you and seeing our, our similar sensibilities, I'm like, yeah, dude. I, and you you mentioned this earlier about being on the receiving end for auditions and stuff, and having you know the actor's uh, helmet on when you're in the director's chair and and for casting and stuff. How much does that truly help for the making of the film? And and was it is it also tough to maybe be I don't know, giving, uh, you know, comedy direction just to Schwartz and Backendale and, or yeah. did you, or is it easier because you're like, they know that you are one of yeah. them. Yeah. They know that I'm one of them and they know that I'm not going to try to tell them how to be funny because that's why I cast them. All I needed to do was each scene. I just wanted each scene to push the story forward. I knew there was something that has to happen in each scene in order for us to make this story work because there is, you know, it, it, it is as outrageous and ruckus and extreme as the movie is. It's also got real underlying themes. It's about friendship. It's about camaraderie and brotherhood. And it's about, you know, picking a brother up when he's down. It's it's about how valuable those friendships become as we get older. And and 
so when I'm doing that, so my whole, and I, and I remember I called Todd Phillips before we started this movie. Cause we had, our kids went to the same preschool Oh, that's awesome. and he's one of my all time favorite directors. And I was like, Come I, had, on. I was like a little bit intimidated by the dude because he's just, it's, he's so good. But I said, you know what? Fuck it. It's two days before we start the movie. I mean, I'm almost done with prep. I'm just going to call him and see if he's got anything that any advice that he can impart before we go. And I called him and he answers. And I was like, Hey man, it's Josh. He's like, Josh. I was like, Demel from your kids go to, school. I was like, Oh yeah, Josh, I do. He's like, I'm about to shoot this movie. Um, we got, and he's at first of all, he's like, well, congratulations on that. That is impossible to do. And I told him who's in it. And he's like, well, that's an amazing cast. Those guys are so funny. One thing you got to make sure is don't let them out funny each other. Make sure that you keep it grounded, keep them between the rails and you'll be good. And that was really what I tried to do. I just, I didn't want to, they know how to be funny. I just wanted to make sure that we kept it grounded and it was going to be funny no, no matter what. Uh, and that was, you know, he was so generous to even, you know, pick up the phone. Yeah, first that's of all. huge. Uh, yeah. Man, four years of that. That's, uh, yeah, you're so right about how tough it is to get things made. So I'm sure like, oh. you know, in the past few days, you're probably just getting flooded with memories and even moments to where you're like, God, it, things almost, how tough that day was. Just right trying to like give yourself that extra rewarding feeling of like, man, got through that tough day. We got through that. And now here we yeah. are getting to see the uh, the fruits of your labor. Did you? Um, you learn a lot about yourself when you when you go through it. You know, so I was gonna ask, what, yeah. I learned, what I learned was that I, I was able to, I was a good sort of problem solver because I need, because inevitably, probably in every single scene, something comes up, whether we don't have, we can't get the location or the money, we don't have the time uh whatever there's always something you got to be able to go okay so we can't do that how do we still do the same thing differently how do we still get the same you know result and have to like completely reimagine it and that's one thing that i did throughout all the way through writing it rewriting it uh casting it shooting it editing it you know it's just like one it's like a constant sort of horse trade you know did you ever get uh so you were in the editing bay for a lot of this too, yeah? Mm -hmm. Did you ever? Were there the whole thing? I edited the whole. I mean, I didn't edit it, but I was in there with the editor the whole time. Fuck. Were there? Oh, yeah. I mean, was it just a? Did you have the good problem of having too much funny shit and having to chop things down? Or yes, yes and no. I mean, we had we we only had eighteen days to shoot it. We had very wow. little money, uh, so we didn't. We had to like shoot this thing quickly, uh, and so one thing I learned about editing is you can, you can do a lot of stuff to sort of move things around to make it work. And you can, you know, it's all about taking a few frames off here and making this, you know, just it, for the comic timing of it, or the, you can change the way a story is told by the edit a lot. And I didn't know that until I went in there. It also changed the way I act now, because now I know what it's like to be in the editing room. So when I'm an actor, I'm like, Oh, this is what they're going to want. They're going to want options. Oh, wow. And so that, you know, I just learned so much throughout this whole process and to see it do well. And I think it's going to do well over the weekend. Oh, yeah. It's such Perfect a time, man. Are you getting, uh, <clears throat> you get hit up from, uh, were most of these people in the film uh, buddies already? Like, did you just straight up send like Olivia or Schwartz in the script and go, will you do this? Or I knew, yeah, I knew everybody except Kevin 
and Dylan. I knew, I knew, I've known Swartzen forever. We're both big Vikings fans, yeah, yeah. both from the same area. Kind of. I, I, I knew Dax through when in Rome back in the yep. day. Yep. We've always remained friends. I knew Dan Back at all because I'd worked with him on a show called Battle Creek. I knew James Roday because he directed me on a, on Battle Creek. And I knew Olivia just because I know I actually knew her because she was dating a guy in Vegas back in the day. We just remained friends. So I just called a lot of favors. I needed guys that would come and lay it down because I couldn't pay them. They all worked for scale. Uh, I'm hoping now we can pay them because they got a nice back end. And um, yeah, and I just called in as many favors as I could. And, that, and, and they all showed up and they came and laid it down, man. Dan Backendale, uh, he was in. I was in the heat with him, and that guy is a fucking scene stealer, oh, and uh, just so a like, just a true, just gets funny, man. And I don't, I don't know what he is in the well, film. He, but. He's from Second City, you know. He's an, he's like, yeah. he's like one of the, he's like one of the Second City. So he comes from that improv, improvisational world. Yeah, and, uh, and he's, but he's also a gifted actor. Like yep. that, he was the hardest act. He was the last guy we cast because. You'll see when you see the movie that Shelly has to be is a very specific thing. It has to be a guy who's believable in that he has gone down a dark, dark hole. After you'll see what happens in the beginning of the movie, he goes like down the spiral. He goes from the top to the bottom in over five years. And it's just, and then, but he also had to be fearless. I mean, there's full frontal. There's, <laughs> there's stuff oh, that he shit. does. There's stuff that I asked him to do that he that he, he doesn't care. Didn't even fucking flinch. Fearless man. You got to be for yeah. comedy. Um. Well, dude, you're uh you're the man. I've been a fan uh for a long time, man. And it's you're just as cool as I thought you were gonna be. And uh, I'm I'm very pumped for you for this movie and, and can't wait to watch it. And your timing couldn't be more perfect because I feel like comedies are. Uh, you know, not only uh, in the film world, but like TV, like people need comfort food programming right now. Yeah. And uh, yeah. especially during the holidays. Um, do you mind doing a quick, a, a quick uh, quarantine question thing? And then we'll wrap this up. Sure. Some quick, uh, quick, easy softball. Get to know you. Um, is there a reality show right now that you would go on or want to go on pre or post COVID? Uh, alone. What's that? It's like naked alone? and afraid. Oh, you haven't seen Alone? No. Oh, God, you got to check it out. It is it is one of the coolest shows. What they do is they take 10 people from, uh, they take 10 people and they put them in a really inclement part of the world, whether it's Patagonia or Northern store? Vancouver Island. Huh? The store? No, not the store. Oh. <laughs> Patagonia in Southern, no, in Southern, Southern, uh, Southern South America. Gotcha. I think it's Southern Argentina. What is it? Peru or Argentina, so I forget what yeah, country it's in. That sounds more interesting. Um, so they put them in these places and they get to bring 10 things. So they bring like hooks. They don't get to bring a fishing rod, but they get to bring fishing line. They bring hooks. They get to bring paracord, an axe, some like flint starter. And they have to make their own spot to live. They got to they gotta find their own food. And whoever lasts the longest wins. And these people are unbelievable. So that would be one. I mean, I don't know if I'd want to actually do it. But it's it's my favorite reality show for sure, dude. That sounds amazing. So it's got a little like Amazing Race meets Naked and Afraid meets, uh, um, yeah. not Dog the Bounty Hunter. What's the guy? The bear, the the guy in the wild who's out there. Um, uh, what's oh, bear, 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 bear Grylls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bear Grylls. Yeah, yeah. It is that, but they don't. But you got to bear in mind they don't have any camera crews around. They 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 teach them before they go out there. They have they set them up with like certain cameras and battery packs to to charge them. I guess. 
or maybe once a week they come in and restock them, but they're out there by themselves and they have to shoot it all themselves. Oh, that's even cooler, dude. All right. That's fucking... no, check it, check, you got to check out a couple episodes. Season three is great. Oh, I'm season one, dude. two, three, and six. Gonna and roll seven. Me a fat blunt and watch probably all seasons in about a 10 hour sitting. You're going um, to roll a fat blunt and watch buddy games first. Oh, dude, this is if you if you think that wasn't happening, <laughs> I'm glad you said that because like I've had people too that have uh, that I've talked to about things whether it's on the pot or not. When I'm like, dude, I got so baked and watch this and they watch your shit and there's like, okay, it's not it's not meant for that, but I, I, I appreciate it. And I was like, oh, we're still, yeah, yeah, okay, great, okay, great. A meal if you're stranded on a desert island. Uh, a meal that like your not your last meal but a meal that could get you through you could have it every day you just had this one thing and and you know whatever it's you get the four courses in it um but a plate that you would have to survive on what's on that oh, plate God. um what is on the plate yeah my mom's meatballs mashed potatoes and gravy which i had like she made it she was here watching my boy when i was in mexico uh for a, a week and she made me a bunch of frozen ones, and I ate two of them last night. So that, dude, meatballs, literally my favorite food, dude. Oh God, my mom's are the best. Oh, you lucky bastard! Well, that's uh, probably that's, what I do. Yeah, dude, you dip the meatball in the mashed greens. potatoes. It's a home run. Yes, get some, some greens in there. Yeah, yeah, because there's kids watching. You got to deliver the healthy answer. Uh, your favorite documentary? Oh God, there's so many. Um, a, go, a one that's that uh, recently. I just watched McMillions, the uh, uh, McDonald's yeah. uh, game. Uh, you know, the that the one was uh, pretty good. That wouldn't be my favorite, but I would say right. uh, Hoop Dreams, Spellbound. Yeah, well, of course the Jordan. The Jordan one was great. The Jordan doc, the Jordan documentary was great. The Jordan, amazing. But that Jeffrey Epstein one was pretty messed up. That one made me like feel icky. Um, God, there's so many, and I can't think of which one it would be. Let me think on that. Go yeah, we'll come back one. to it. Uh, advice for a 38 year old comedian trying to break into modeling forget about it and do something else. It's a dead end. <laughs> oh, dude, you know what? Dreams, <laughs> dreams created and broken in the same sentence. Um, if you woke up, uh, Josh, and a song would start playing to be the soundtrack for your day, what would it be? Um, I'm going to go with, I can give you some choices if you can't think of one. I'm going to go with, uh, something fogarty nice maybe uh what is it mystic into the mystic great call dude um i wrote down weirdest fan message i thought it for a second i wrote weirdest fan massage but so either one if you want to <laughs> if you want to what's your weirdest fan massage that you got out oh, of God, nowhere something to think of it's like the documentary <laughs> yeah yeah all right how about this <laughs> More fun, winning a daytime uh, daytime Emmy in 2003 or hosting the Kids' Choice Awards in 2013? I would say, oh, God, they were both pretty special because 
I got to go up and my mom was there at the Emmy and she wow. couldn't believe it because you know, as a big lifelong soap opera fan for a son to be winning was a big deal. Uh, and then, you know, when, when we were in, when I did the kids choice awards, Fergie was pregnant with my boy and that was cool. And my sister was there. So, but I'm going to say the Emmy. Great. Uh, and lastly, an actor that you'd like to uh, be in a movie with or direct. An actor that I'd like to be in a movie with or direct. Um, Choices like she, Tom Hanks, Adam Ray, Halle yeah, Berry. I mean, Julia God, White. I would say, oh God, this, uh, I would say, say somebody like Will Ferrell. Yeah. He's, he seems like he'd be a lot of fun. I like guys who are just a lot of fun and fearless. You know, he'd be fun. To, he'd be fun to direct. Yeah. <laughs> or work with. Well, if well, when I'm auditioning for your next movie, I'll just tell you the story of how I came in, hung over to an Olive Garden commercial audition, wearing a Reading Rainbow T-shirt and a sport coat, and said for my opening dialogue, when the guy said, "Hey, just bullshit," before you guys get into the lines, I said, "Hey, anyone else see just see Jurassic Park three? What a bunch of bullshit!" And the guy goes, "Cut!" And he's like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "I'm making small talk at an Olive Garden table." He's like, "Dude, this is not going to happen for you." So if you want to talk fearless. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, dude, thanks for making time. I can't wait to watch the movie. Yeah. Very pumped for you. Congrats. I'm even Thank cooler you. that you that shared that it's number one, which is a uh, big time. And, uh, yeah. and hope Pretty the, awesome. hope the rest of your, your quarantine and pandemic, uh, I feel like we're, you know, hopefully around the corner here soon. So maybe you can come, right, out, come out to the comedy store and, uh, see a show. We can, uh, I'd love to get some cocktails at some point. Sounds good, man. All right, dude. Thanks again, Josh. I appreciate it, man. Thank you, Adam. All right. Peace, player. Be good. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.